Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the ballroom at the Assembly Rooms. Please welcome a man. It's five days in and he's already knackered. It's Richard Herring. Oh, lovely. Hello, everyone. How lovely to see you. Oh. I'm nearly, I'm nearly halfway through my run, <laughs> and I honestly feel like I'm, it's the last week already. I'm dead. I'm dead on my feet. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's the kids. I've got two young kids. It's, I haven't slept. It's fantastic. Not your problem. Anyway, welcome. <laughs> welcome. It's very nice to see you. Welcome to Richard Herring's Lewis Sovereign's Tantalised Podcast. Yeah, I was at the Museum of Scotland. Uh, yesterday it was absolutely fantastic, and I was talking to the Lewis Chessman, and uh, they call it Rahulastapas. I don't know. Uh, they speak to me. I love the Lewis Chessman. It's, it's fun. the Museum of Scotland is a fantastic museum. Well done, Edinburgh, um, and it's free. That is extremely good, and uh, I, I, I like to go and pop in and say hello to the Lewis Chessman, who uh, my uh, probably my fr- there's a question I ask about if you. Uh, if all the museums and art galleries in the world got together and said you can have one thing, what do you want? I think I'd have one of the, one of the good ones, the king or the queen, <laughs> and take one of those home. But they haven't so far. I've been in Edinburgh for 30, over the last 35 years, 26 fringes, 43 shows, no award nominations. <laughs> can I have a fucking Lewis Chessman? I'll take, I'll take one of the castles. That's all right, I'll take that. That's what it is. 
And I'm sure I'll talk about this with my guests, but uh, James Whale has said uh, the fringe has changed. There's no right-wing comedians anymore. It's, it's all gone. It's all gone left-wing, isn't it? The Edinburgh Fringe. It's gone. In, it's gone incredibly left. Remember the old days? I think Hitler used to do it, didn't he? He came along. He used to do it. Oswald Mosley was on. You know, it's an open festival. Anybody can come and do stuff. The reason there are no right-wing comedians is because we all lose loads of money here and right-wing people don't... What, I have to go and pay money to be in the festival? No. You don't understand how the economy works. And also because most right-wing comedians are shit. <laughs> and I said most there. there you know, uh, there's, a, there's a couple that are all right. Mussolini was funny, wasn't he? He had a funny... He, was, he had a funny... Did that funny... Cool, funny faces. Anyway, let's crack on, because we have a fantastic guest who I'm very much looking forward to seeing and who I'm delighted to have here for so many reasons. She's probably best known for her appearance on The 100 Greatest Christmas Moments 2004. That's... But what's she done since that? We all remember her on that, don't we? With the 100 Greatest... I mean, that must be all the Christmas moments, right? Hundred, but you please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Janie Godley. <laughs> Janie Godley, come in. Yeah, sit there, please. And uh... I don't want you sitting that. <laughs> I don't want you rub that wire up between my fanny. That would be weird. <laughs> Make everybody uncomfortable immediately. There we go. That's for you. That's your water. You can keep the mug. That's oh, yours. thank you so much. The that... last mug I got was in 1980. Was it? Yeah, it's my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. <laughs> Just wee jokes. You're looking uh, fantastic, Janie. Thank I'm you. very glad to say. How are you feeling? I'm feeling really good for somebody who's got a 70 to 90% chance of getting ovarian cancer again. <laughs> so that is what it is. And if there's any women out there, I always like to say ovarian cancer is a sneaky cancer. Um, I was on tour when I got diagnosed because I didn't pay attention. If you're feeling really bloated, which is hard because women are always like, oh, fucking bloated. But... <laughs> If you're feeling really bloated and you're peeing a lot and you don't really, every time you eat, you feel full, go get checked. Yeah. That's it. And for, for guys, balls. You know, we, we've got all the... <laughs> we've got like, all the fucking bits since, covered. Since we here. last met, we've both lost a, a little bit of ourselves. Yeah, you've lost your ball oh, yeah. and I've had all my giblets removed. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's someone out there trying to make a sort of Frankenstein yeah. comedian yeah. out of us? There's been nothing wrong with us. What's weird is, is when they took everything away... Because um, it's, you know, like, everything's away. It's all away. <laughs> um, when they took everything away, I was, like, every comedian in the world, I'd be like, that's weird. So and my husband was with me, and I met the cancer um, surgeon, and I said to her, so everything's been taken away? She went, yes. I went, so what's at the top of my vagina? Is just, can my husband go, <laughs> and blow my lungs? <laughs> what's up the top? I need to know what's up the top there. Can my husband just look up and see my kidney? And she's like, no, no, we tied it and it's now a stump. I went, great, I've now got a stumpy fanny. Brilliant. But I, was, I needed to know. Yeah. What was that? It's a good question. It's a good it question. Good Can things fall out of it? Do you know what I mean? Can my husband just have a peep up there and blow me up like a fucking Lionel? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't think she'd ever been asked that question before. She, right. <laughs> she was like, um, no, we tie it up and we make what's called a stump. I was like, fabulous. Yeah. I've always wanted a stump, and it does rhyme with the word. 
so. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad that I, you know, I knew. I, mean, I, I, can't, I can't remember which one of us got cancer first. I think was it was it probably it, you. Yeah, probably Tracy me. And then you, caught, then you came to Herring's had it. Yeah. I mean, as a comedian, I mean, I think mine. Um, a, mine was the cancer of the funniest possible yep. place, and also the safest possible place yep. to get cancer. So it was, it, although I was scared and it's and, terrifying. You know, and it's, I'm still, it's not nice to have no, cancer. And both of us are aware that the, the, the camera turned. Um, it wasn't. Uh, it, I, I, there was a part of me thinking there's going to be some comedy in this. Oh yeah, I had hundreds of comedy yeah. through it. <laughs> hundreds, hundreds of things happened all the way through it. I mean, as soon as I went, the, I get diagnosed in one day. So people say, oh, the NHS, NHS Scotland saved my life. I went, went to the doctor and she went, oh, I can feel something. Sent me to the hospital. They stuck a Star Wars uh, wand right up my fanny. <laughs> Within my, my husband was sitting there going, oh, okay, I wasn't quite prepared for this. And I was like, if you find a sandal and it's blue, that's the other one to match the one I've lost. <laughs> and immediately she, they found a, a tumour on my ovary. And then, um, you know, there's just been so much happened that it is I think that the, the downside is is like when you get cancer um you throw a hand grenade right into your family Ashley still hasn't quite recovered yeah she's still um she's still petrified you know my husband he's got autism and Ashley has too but it's a different type has is more pragmatic he's like well you die you die the worst thing is <laughs> when the this is absolutely true Richard when I was sitting in the the the, the hospital because I get COVID and cancer the same day um and my husband and my daughter got COVID we all got COVID and I came home with this cancer diagnosis and they told me uh, uh, by the way I was completely unaffected by COVID because I drank out of puddles as a child <laughs> they two middle class fuckers <laughs> Well, like, I'm no well. Can I get a wee chopped egg and a cup? I'm like, no, because I've got cancer. <laughs> well, like, but you're no effect. I'm still with the cancer. <laughs> so when I was in the hospital ward waiting and the doctor coming to tell me what they saw in the scan was the longest 40 minutes of my life. And my husband, who, as you know, has got autism, when he gets nervous, he sings songs. And it's a very common trait in autistic people when they can't find words to go, you know, oh, do you love me, really love me? They just start to sing their emotions. So we're sitting there and I'm waiting. And just before the doctor got in the door, he went, and now the end is near. <laughs> and I jumped up and I grabbed his mouth and I was like, shut the fuck up. Just as that, the doctor came in and I'm holding my husband's mouth. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. My husband's got autism and he sings creepy songs. Anyway, sit down and tell me my future. So <laughs> it was very odd. Very odd. Well, I, you know, I, I think I, I, I didn't fancy cancer's chances against you, Janie. When you had cancer, I thought there's no way cancer can beat Well, I'll tell you what, getting a hysterectomy, if you ever want to feel like a spatchcock chicken, there's your thing. <laughs> My God, the scar goes from there all the way right up. And it was, that was quite painful, yeah. getting the hysterectomy. And everybody keeps on saying this shit, like, you're really brave. No, I'm not. I cried every step of the way. I cried the morning. It was seven o'clock in the morning. My husband had to take me to the Royal Infirmary for this operation. And I stood in that. I'll never forget it. And I cried and said, please don't make me go. And I don't want to go. And literally, a nurse had to come and pull me off him and take me in to do the pre-med. So I was not brave. I was terrified. And it's that thing that if you're brave and strong... So does that mean the people who died of cancer were weak and stupid? No. I hate that narrative. I wasn't brave. I wasn't strong. I was absolutely fucking shitting myself. Every, every cannula they put in, I cried. Every blood test they took, I cried. Every chemotherapy 
therapy session <laughs> the whole time. Not brave at all. No. Shut myself. <laughs> but you have to go through it, you know, because the, alter- the alternative is to, yeah, to it, stop. Yeah, there's no bravery. It's either do you want medication in your body or do you want to die? Me saying give me the medication to live is not brave. It's the obvious answer. Yeah. And you weren't, and, and, uh, knowing you, and I'm, I know the answer to this, but you weren't tempted to go down alternative routes to... Oh, <laughs> Ashley does my emails. She reads my emails for me. She filters them all. And this is my daughter reading my emails. And I know this is a podcast, so I'll be verbal as well. <laughs> Fuck off with your witch hazel. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's not going to, cranberry juice is not going to fucking cure this. <laughs> the amount of people who emailed me with bogus snake oil shit is yeah. people trying to monetize my cancer is terrifying. And Ashley just keeps writing back, fuck off, we're gone for chemicals to every single email. <laughs> so it's awful. I mean, I, I suppose people can say you can do therapy hand in hand. I was so swamped. And the, 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 the rigours of chemotherapy. And I had no time to see if oil of primrose evening oil was going to take <laughs> away my pain. I just dealt with pills the yeah. whole time. Yeah. I mean, I had chemotherapy and I feel uh, embarrassed to talk to you about it because mine was, went in for an hour and... Go had fuck a ver- yourself. Had a very, <laughs> had a very light... <laughs> I'm not sure they even put anything in. It was so like, I felt, I felt quite nauseous for a couple, of, a a couple of days. <laughs> that's a shame. Six sessions of chemotherapy, yeah. one every three weeks. I was lucky. I never vomited, which is unusual because I'm right. a professional vomiter. And uh, I was absolutely, all, all the things I said to Ashley, I'm, like, I'm going to vomit, I'm going to lose all my hair, I'm going to get mouth ulcers, my nails will fall off. She went, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm just ready for you to die now. I'm not bored with us. <laughs> and um, turned out none of these things happened. I kind of got away with it. Yeah. I, I mean, it was tough going, but it was doable. Yeah. Um, it, more of my mental health was affected. And the exhaustion. Fucking hell. I now know what it felt like to be a wee Glasgow woman with nine children living up the top flat of a tenement. <laughs> I now know how that felt. I always wondered how the wee woman with nine children and one big pram and a steamy washing managed to go up and do nine flights. Now I know how that feels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was the exhaustion. So I was determined to get my physical strength back was one of the most important things is my mobility. So I'm up to walking six miles a day. I did it. I got through that and I can now walk quite a bit. Right. And it's quite funny because last year, well, you're going to speak about this anyway. Last year when, you know, those tweets were uncovered and people were like, we want you to die. I'm like, guys, wait six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's been, it's been quite a year. And it's interesting you mentioned the mental side, because I think the hardest... Th- I, I kind of... I didn't breeze through it. I'm not saying it was, like, it was easy, but it was... But I, using humour and positivity, mm-hmm. I found it quite easy to get through the experience. Mm-hmm. But, like, this year, when it's all gone, but then you're still just worried about yeah. it coming back, and, you know, the, the mental... The, the, sort of the post, mental toll is the hard. The post-traumatic stuff, isn't and it? And Monday, tomorrow, I get a phone call to tell me what my bloods were like on Friday... And if my cancer number is up, it's going yeah. to be a worry. And I have to face that every Monday. Um, and then I get a scan at the end of this month. But I've kind of reached the stage where I never got this until I was 60, Richard. There was young women in that chemotherapy ward in their 20s. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm 60. I've lived a bit. I don't want to live till I'm 90. So if I get to, like, 70, I'll be like, fuck, I'm ready. Frank, get the door. I'm out here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've got that philosophy as well, that I have lived a lot. It's not like... I mean, I know I'm still young, as in sense, but 
getting to this age to get it is good if I'm going to get it. And the good news yeah. is we did the BRCA test and I don't pass it on to Ashley. Great. So that's good news yeah. as well. And, you know, you've been through some stuff in your life, Jenny. So, like, yeah. you know, it's, there's been... This is my first rodeo. we talked about many times. It has, you know, sometimes... I mean, the last time you were on was actually 2019. It feels much more recent with, with mm. uh, you and Ashley together. And sometimes you think, oh, you know, it's only been three, three years, not much will have happened. But a lot has happened to you in the Yes, <laughs> definitely has. <laughs> so, a lot of it my own doing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the, the emails because it's... Uh, tweets. Tweets, I mean, yeah, sorry, the tweets. Um, so the, you kind of got involved in quite a lot of uh, higher profile things and things were going very well for you. I, and yeah, all. I think the, the main mistake is, is I, I, I broke my own rule. I, there was a few rules I broke, but the main one I broke was, was taking government money. Never take government money, because if you do, people will try and find out when you had your first period. And um, <laughs> so I, never, I, should never have, I should never have been the face of that, because then that meant that, you know, there's a very small faction of tribal politics in Scotland. Yeah. And because I support SNP, they would... They've, done, they've said I slagged my husband having autism. They said my husband was in the IRA, which he isn't, because my husband doesn't like a fabric on his face. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they, they'd made fake tweets as well. They did yep. everything. So they were coming for me, and I always knew they were coming for me. You know, they were always going to... And, you know, the tweets were... Uh, I mean, I can't justify them. They were offensive. I was trying to slag off somebody that was annoying me on TV, but I shouldn't have used that word. And I was wrong. It was 2011. It doesn't make it right. And I apologized immediately. Yeah. You know, my agent and everybody's like, let's have a think about this. I was like, no, no, let's not have a think about it. I was fucking wrong. And I'm going to apologize immediately. And I'm not going to do it in a nice way. I'm going to do it with my face. I'm going to make a video so people can look at me as I say I hurt people, I offended people, I am really, really sorry. And I hope to be, you know, it's not about um, perfection, it's about progression. And I've never been racist. I've spent my life fighting for Black Lives Matter. I've fought for the rights for immigrants to come here. I called Trump a cunt because he was a racist. And I've never been that. But those tweets are awful and they're offensive. And then there was the ones that weren't, you know, they pulled up one that me saying, Snoop Dogg, you know, he sells drugs. Well, what did you expect? And they're like, that's racist. And I'm like, no, he actually does. Just, why, why is that bad to say? Yeah. And, you know, ones like I had used a, a slur um, about myself, which is an old one um, about disabled people 11 years ago. And a woman wrote to me and said, my two children, six and seven, are both disabled, and they found that offensive. I went, two things here. They were written six years before your children were born. Um, and the second thing, why are you reading that out to your kid? <laughs> yeah. You know, people looking to be offended. But yeah. I did apologise, you know, and I'll always apologise for it. And, um, and they're like, you're going to get cancelled. And you don't get cancelled. The only thing that got cancelled was the panto, which was really good HR, because I had cancer and couldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank fuck, they cancelled yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, it's, it, it, I think it, was, it was a classy way to respond Absolutely. No, most comedians, if we went back through yeah. nearly every comedian's work. I mean, there was context to a lot of them, but let's, let's yeah. forget all the context. You know, the, the ones that I did say that were really hurtful, looking at them, like, what the fuck was I writing that for? Uh -huh. why, why would I write that? 
I can't remember what I said in 2011. I was commenting on the TV and it was really quick and it was really fast. Yeah. But I shouldn't have. But you have to, if you make a mistake, you have to apologise. I don't expect anybody to accept my apology. You don't have to. But what you can't do is tell other people not to accept the apology. And what you also have to remember is if people can't make mistakes and say sorry, then what kind of fucking society are we going to live in? Yeah. You know, it's not like I turned around and a lot of them double down and go, well, it wasn't meant that way. No, it hurt people, so it was meant that way and it was hurtful. But also, if, if you know, are all those people confident if they went... I mean, you were saying to me, you could go and look at people's tweets who are complaining oh, yeah. about you and see racism happening Absolutely. now. Absolutely. I had lots of Scottish unionists who, oh, my God, they literally spaffed up a wall of excitement on this. And they were like, ah, that's how a race... And then you look at their next tweet and they're like, well, people shouldn't be coming here because we don't have room for them. I'm like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so there is that hypocrisy as yeah. well. Well, is that, but with all these things, it's never really about the issue. It's people... Find no, a way no. to get at someone. No, uh, but but it is sort of interesting that comedians. I mean, I I, I think you're right. I don't think really anybody gets cancelled. You might lose a job. Yeah. You might lose. You might have an uncomfortable time. Often, people who are cancelled come back a little bit stronger. Yeah, afterwards. well, I get cancelled, then I get cancer. It's like my, my life's one big wordle game. I'm just... <laughs> cancel, cancer, dancer, danger, ranger. That'll upset the Rangers fans. <laughs> But it seems like it seems weird to me, and I think I was talking this about Vidas yesterday, or maybe a comrade the day before. But it seems like comedians are held to a higher account Absolutely. than politicians who are being doing racist. Yeah, policies I had lots of Tories. I mean, um, would you call them uh, lots, lots and lots of to- Scottish Tories? Um, got together and had a letter-writing campaign about me. I mean, weirdly, they did fuck all about anything else. But, you know, this was obviously a bunch of men, you know. You know right away, they're wearing red trousers, so... <laughs> genuinely not getting laid in their off angry. And um, they're all at letter-writing and, oh, wait till Donald Trump hears about Janie Godley. I'm like, Donald Trump's fucking interested in me, do you know what I mean? But um, a lot of them were really, you know, angry about it and looking for reasons to be upset... And it, it's weird because they, they, they're like, oh, she should lose every job. You should never work again. You should never do anything. And the politicians, and I'm like, guys, Boris Johnson has said a million times worse than me. You know, the, the watermelon smiles and the picking any words and the, you know, the ladies who look like letterbox. But the, I mean, if you're angry at me, be angry at him. You know, let's do that. And of course, they're fucking historic racist policies. I mean, apparently I'm cancelled, but it's all right to send somebody to Rwanda. Yeah. Arseholes. I mean, it's, 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 but because it's, if you know, it's true, but it's, but it, and if, if you just, you know, if you front something out I mean, they, without apologising, then sort of, it took Boris Johnson, I mean, Boris Johnson still is Prime Minister. Jesus, <laughs> I, this, I, I still <laughs> can't get out that video of him dancing at a wedding. I just, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I don't want to put him down and I don't want to, dr- but Jesus, Johnny Mac, a fucking Ronnie, what was that? I was like, my husband's a shit dancer. My husband looks like Aunt Sally, you know, the, the, the big giant. And when he dances, and that's why we don't let him do that in public. But and of course we'll get Rishi Sunak now saying that they're going to um, de-radicalise anybody that slags Britain. Well, that's a whole fucking lot. He's gone to the gulags, Richard. <laughs> We're all gone together. <laughs> we've to, we've to de-radicalise. Uh, if you're saying bad about Britain, Rishi's going to get you. And, uh, and he's now saying we can't have any university courses that are just mainly vocational. You know, like yeah. the world, you, we've just to build computers and say Britain's great and rubber fanny's up against a union flag. <laughs> so, 
Welcome to the future. <laughs> Imagine having to choose between the two. I oh, know, it's... Uh... It's like, what do you want, herpes or a urine infection? <laughs> I'll just have both, thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Well, they'll both be in there. I Although she's being pretty... I mean, I think Liz Truss is going to get it, right? And she's being... She, she's she doesn't like it. him, does she? She doesn't like him and he doesn't like her, so maybe they won't be in each other's cabinets. I but... tell you what, watching the Tories eating the Tories has been such a fucking wonderful <laughs> thing. Watching them all like, hi, better together and stronger, you're a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And of course, she comes out and says Nicholas Sturgeon is... I love that she said Nicholas Sturgeon's an attention seeker. And Nicola Sturgeon did not reply. <laughs> I fucking love that. I love that she just went, she went, I'm going to ignore her, and she's an attention seeker. Nicholas, look, I'm about to make porridge. See you later. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, and also, look, there's, so, there's, there's loads of things to talk about. I, I read your, your book, uh, Nothing Left Unsaid. Oh, did you read that? Yeah, I did. Because I was going to have you on the, the... I do a book version of this yeah. podcast now. I was going to have you on that. And then I thought, no, well, come and t- I'm going to come to Scotland. I'm going to talk to you in person. Because there's so much to talk to you about. But it's a, it's a terrific book. And, oh, thank uh, well, you. And again, I think, you know, you are... I love your other book, uh, The Hands to Handstands in the Dark, isn't it? It was very dark. Yeah, it was dark. Yeah. Uh, but it's, but it's a, a fantastic book. And oh, I think thanks. That, it's my first for the anti-fiction. Yeah. Crime fiction. Yeah. Well, We've got a crime but, in it. But it's... It's, 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 it, there's a crime and there's you know we don't know what's happened and then we find mm. out what's happened we won't talk about that too no. much because we won't give it away but, I, but it sort of takes place sort of now and, 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 and in 1976 yeah. So, yeah, but it's the research in the 70s the memory of the 70s is, is very good and what I like again is it's a, it's a different voice that in publishing you don't get That's many right. authentic That's right and interesting you see oh, oh. is everybody Someone's... okay? Um, interestingly, you mentioned the research because I had a, a great researcher, Caitlin Mellon. I'll tell you how I met her. I got the book deal from Hodders and Stoughton and I was in Glasgow and I went into a bar with my husband for a lunch with the bee dug in the pram, as we do. We honey bunny, who, by the way, is insane. She looks dead cute, but she fucking tries to kill everybody. Um, 
And the lady serving us, she came over, and I, because I used to own a bar, I always say to young people who, you know, are you enjoying your work? What do you study? And this girl came over, this lady, she wasn't a girl, she's a young woman, and she was serving us. And I said to her, um, how are you doing? She went, fine, fine. She was Irish, from Belfast. I says, what are you studying? She went, oh, I finished my studies. I studied English. I says, what do you want to do now? Because I live in the West End. It's all students, and I just like chatting to them. And she went, I want to work in publishing, and I want to work writing books, but, you know, barmaids don't write books. I went, I'm a barmaid, and I wrote a book. And she went, really? I went, I've just got a book deal. Would you like a job being my researcher? She went, are you mental? <laughs> I went, yeah, she's my researcher. And she did it, and yeah. she now works in publishing. Terrific. So not only the book about supporting women, the book actually supported a woman. Yeah. And she now works um, as a ghostwriter and an editor, and she dressed up in the 1970s every single time we got together. She did all the research on the facts, you know, like what was on Coronation Street that day, yeah. you know, what we were wearing, the Vesta curries, when crispy pancakes were launched, and <laughs> she was brilliant, and Caitlin now works in publishing, so, yeah, did yeah. that. It's good, and, and yeah, absolutely. Um, but it feels like, the, you know, the, I mean, it feels like a, a love letter to... Very much The women so. of Glasgow. It's a real love letter to my mommy. Yeah. I, I think it's if my mommy had survived, because my mother was murdered, and if my mommy had survived and she had these strong women run about her, maybe she would have survived better. So I think it's psychologically, I didn't know that that's what I was writing. Yeah. But when I looked at it now, it definitely was, you know, wishing Annie had survived. Yeah. But um, it is a good love letter to Glasgow. And one of the weirdest things is trying to explain what a close is in... <laughs> in words yeah trying to does everybody know what a close is tell me no if you don't know what a close is okay a close is a main entry you'll see them in edinburgh now you know the door and you go up and then there's stairs and then there's flats off each that's the close but trying to write that was like write a close um and it was lovely and remember in 1976 the hottest summer since the sun was invented And, um, and of course, um, she, Senga writes a diary. It's basically the daughter finds her mother's diary and it's set in two time zones. But the diary is written in such a stream of consciousness. It's not your typical middle-class diary, like, pick some flowers today, you know, I'm going to Senga's wedding. No, it was like, woke up, smoked two fags, read a Jackie Collins book, let the dug out for a push. The Wayne's are away to school. Yeah. So it was kind of like that. And I love the, 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 the sort of authentic details that show that you know what you're talking about. I think like the bit I liked was, I can't quite remember exactly, was you putting x-ray paper in the, yes, lect- in the, meter. In the electricity meter? Yeah, we used to do that. If nobody here's ever done that, here's, we're about to face a fucking fuel crisis. <laughs> what you need to do is pretend you broke your ankle, go to the hospital, get an x-ray, ask can you keep the x-ray as a souvenir, cut it into strips put it through and it stops that wheel figuring run. My mammy taught me that in 1973. <laughs> stops the wheel for moving. The X-ray paper touches the wheel. And, uh, My podcast cannot condone such behaviour, but no. I'm going to leave it in. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> and you do what you want with that information. Um, what? Bulb, 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 yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. I've brought bulb down. It's all thanks to me. The bulb have been destroyed. Um, they turn out to be not such nice men. I'll cut that bit out. Uh, <laughs> my bulb, my bulb money's just about to run out. Just to, it's just the wrong point for it just to run out. And it just never. Mind. I don't know what you're talking about. I did this. I did this the, when bulbs started up. They've just gone bust, but uh-huh. they start up. They give you fifty pounds. 
mm-hmm. everyone you get, and the person, they gave you £50 mm-hmm. pounds to everyone who signed up, and you got £50. Pounds. Mm-hmm. And quite, I got a lot of people to sign up for it, Janie. Oh, cool. I haven't paid for electricity for Sounds 50 years. Sounds like so a that's, pedophile that's, scheme. That's, <laughs> so five, you know, it's five years I haven't paid for any electricity or gas. Fucking well done, yeah. you. So that's the, that's the... X-ray paper is just so much easier. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> we don't use that in our house, just so you know. <laughs> but sorry for everyone who joined Bob. Didn't, didn't know it would go wrong. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I do care. Um, and over lockdown as well. I mean, we had lockdown as well, which we, we had to cope with. And you, and you, again, I think both of us sort of went, went online and, and yep. found things to do to get through I through did lockdown. voiceovers of Nicola yeah. Sturgeon because the, the daily briefings were so fucking boring. She was up there going, blah, 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 blah. And then the journalist would ask such shitty questions. You know, she'd have a screen there. She, uh, James Wilson from the Daily Mail. Uh, are people allowed to fly a kite? We're like, what? <laughs> what the fucking question is that? Yeah. And it was her face. She's like... <laughs> she's dealing with a pandemic. The worst, unprecedented, no fucking map out of this. How do you cope? And you're like, is, is it true? Is it true that if two people stand in one, they just fucking needs a spud gun just to shoot them? And um, that's a potato gun, so everybody calmed down. So I decided to voice over. So every day I would read it, I would watch it, I would look at it, and I kept it incredibly factual so that people would get... So it got that people weren't watching the briefing, they were just watching my voiceover. So it would be Nicola Sturgeon going, move. And she always gave all other people fake names. Yeah. You know, move, Alan. And his name's, you know, James. Move, Alan, you fucking toffee legs there. Move, you're working <laughs> too slow. And then she'd get behind the podium and I'd say things like, today uh, we found out that two people who are in a relationship can't meet and, and get a wee bit of... Chitty chitty bang bang because that's done. Uh, you can't have sex. Keep two Alsatians apart. A fucking clicky pen, and then she'd leave and go. I, I want a wee quiche and baked potato. Frank, get the door, and she'd off. And people were watching them because I was given the incredibly right right rules. Upset the Scottish Unionists again. They were like, oh, she should die. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, just get out of um, And people were so frightened as well. So I thought it would be funny. Yeah. And, and she thought it was funny as well. Everybody thought it was funny, except for a man who hates me, who's convinced my husband's in the IRA. And, um, but yeah, I enjoyed doing it. I had such good fun, yeah. you know. Did hundreds of them. And there was a book of, a book of that as well. Yeah, there yeah. was a Luath Press in Edinburgh. They just took all the transcribes and made a book called Frank Get the Door. I mean, Honey the Dog's got two books coming out soon, one for adult and one for children. Okay. I wrote that. Because <laughs> right. why would I know? Why would I know do that? <laughs> Pictures of Honey and then wee explanations. Um, so I've got one for adults with a lot of swearing in it and one for kids with a lot of, oh, look at Honey, sure, she's a nice dog today. <laughs> Honey's no, Honey's happy, 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 Myra Henley. <laughs> <laughs> honey bullies Ashley when I'm not there. Yeah. Ashley wasn't allowed to put her feet up on the sofa yesterday because Honey was on her own with her. And Honey was like, uh, uh, uh. Ashley's like, your fucking horrible wee dog wouldn't let me put my own feet in the sofa. And I was like, don't let her bully you. She took a picture of Honey and Honey was like this. <laughs> I was like, she's such a dick. 
<laughs> and you're still doing lots of stuff. You're still doing the voiceovers, right? They, they, yeah, they I'm doing. I'm time. doing other voiceovers because the daily briefings have gone. I did one yeah. at Liz Truss. I did one at Rishi Sunak in that garden doing stand-up, doing dad jokes. <laughs> uh, I still do Boris. I still do, you know, animals, which I love. I love doing the wee animals, the wee bears and the wee otters and things. I, I give them a voice. So, yeah, I know. It's like, are you okay, Jenny? Yeah, I am. <laughs> we otters speak. I really want an otter. But um, I know it's bad to want one and keep it in your house, but I really do. Honey looks like an otter. Sometimes pull Honey's ears back so she just looks like an otter. <laughs> Wish I hadn't said that out loud. <laughs> And you're doing you're doing live streams on your Facebook page. Yeah, I'm doing so... and I'm doing a new thing, Twitter Spaces, which is good. Right. Okay. Twitter Spaces is a new feature. It's basically it's the old clubhouse that never works with Twitter Spaces. So I thought let's have a look at Twitter Spaces and see what's there. Oh my fucking god, there's nothing there for you, Richard. It's just <laughs> tons of people talking about NFTs and cryptocurrency, which I don't understand whatsoever. So I decided to do my own about books and films and things that interest people, and people love it. And it's just hundreds of people going. NFTs, cryptocurrency, BQY, and the WSYs. I'm glad to even know what that is. Then Janie Godley, who wants to talk about books? And then back to that. So I've been doing the, these um, Twitter spaces. You should try it. It's really okay. good. And you can bring people in as like a radio show, and they can speak to you and ask questions and talk about their own favourite books and books that get made into films and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and I do the, the live stream every other night on the, the Facebook, which is I really love as well, because... I'm still connecting to people, you know, and there's a lot of support. I have to say that since I got the cancer and the cancellation, the outpouring of support has been unprecedented. I, I never knew that many people liked me, you know. <laughs> it was really heartwarming. Everybody, I mean, so... And people send me stuff. I've got more hats than Hattie McHat. <laughs> and people send me such lovely stuff. So, yeah, I like doing the Facebook Live and it's still connecting me because I'm going on tour next year if I don't die. Okay, good. And if you do die, you could still do Ashley, a hologram. Ashley of, says uh, she's going to pump my cork a bit, <laughs> squeal me on stage and go, that's my ma. <laughs> Sorry about the smell, you know. I mean, it's interesting you say that about, you know, with social media, I think it is very easy to, you know, the, the, the negative voices are often the most vociferous. Yeah. And I've, I've noticed, you know, you sort of block people on a specific yeah. issue. And I know you're very outspoken about, about what you believe and that's... Uh, trans rights, you're always promoting Absolutely. trans rights. And I know what that's like if you do that. But I, I do it I, every single day. I put a trans flag up and say I support trans people. And I have blocked that many of the negative. They, they no longer can speak to me. Exactly. But I mean, I made the mistake as well in the whole Twitter Ferrari. I spent 11 years arguing with people. I shouldn't have argued with them. It's like banging a toffee hammer off your fanny. It means nothing. <laughs> I should have just fucking left them alone. So I got a therapist who says I have to stop arguing with people. And I did. Now when people go, you're a cow and I hope you die, I go, I hope you have a lovely day. That's a nice hat you've got on in your picture, <laughs> which makes them more angry, so I have to block them. Yeah. <laughs> but I think also that, that imperative to, to find someone and, and say why you're yeah. angry with them, it says more about you, you know. It says yeah. more about the person doing it than the, the person they're going to. Yeah, and I support the trans people, and I think it's important that I support you know that is to me um, and it's a big contention in the Scottish government because people are getting angry about self ID and stuff but this whole fucking thing about toilets I have, I'm 61 I have never been in a toilet where a man has dressed as a woman and tried to sexually assault me it's never happened to me I'm not saying it's never happened to anybody but see if a man 
is going to dress up as a woman and shave his legs and wear a mask and wear high heels and put all the makeup on to have a look at my daddies. <laughs> I'm going to let him. Because <laughs> no man has made that much effort for me. <laughs> it's, and it's not them that I'm worried about. It's the very young trans people who are seeing this hate online. And I'm really worried about them because what they must be seeing is a whole fucking tidal world against them. And they're the most vulnerable. That, and, and, and it worries me. It genuinely yeah. worries me. Yeah. Well, but I think the point coming out of what you, you were saying is that there's a, there's, a, there's a silent majority or a lot of people who, who are supportive or like you and just following. And then it takes something... Mm-hmm. like what you've been through, for them to come out and go, oh, hey, you know, and, and then they... Because most people, you know, don't, most people don't, don't involve themselves. Too yeah, much. I mean, don't so get the, me the wrong. The vast majority of people are, are supportive, I think, of, of anyone who's reasonably uh, look, decent. OK, the, the, the thing is, of course there is trans people who have sexually assaulted and people they are bad. So does that mean we ban all trans people? If so, we're going to ban all priests. Yeah. If so, we're going to ban all police. So is there a policeman that's sexually assaulted a woman? OK, let's ban all police. You yeah. can't... You can't take a small minority and say, well, that represents everybody. Of course it doesn't. In fact, this past year, Richard, there's been more straight, I don't know what the word is for women, who have killed their own children that's been in the news. So does that mean we ban mothers? You can't just take a small minority. You know, the the trans people who are sexually aggressive aren't trans-aggressive people. They're just arseholes who need fucking dealt with. Just the same as priests that attack Wayne, just the same as police that attack Wayne, just the same as anybody. You can't just say, well, that represents them all. It doesn't, you know, so that... I kind of get angry about that. (laughs) Well, and, you know, there's, there's... There's a group that are much more likely to sexually assault women than trans people. Yeah, oh, fucking yes. <laughs> and, and, women uh, still can't go walking at night and go running with her headphones in. We can't. No. When Ashley goes out, I mean, I live in the West End of Glasgow, and, you know, she's more likely to get attacked by somebody throwing couscous, but it's not the point. <laughs> I still tell her, don't wear headphones, you know, don't, don't do that. Yeah. In case somebody comes up behind her. Yeah. It's not going to be a trans man in a pair of fucking platform heels. <laughs> Or a trans woman, you know, it's not going to be that. And we get all the bits mixed up. And that's the thing about the whole trans debate, is we say things wrong. And I keep saying, guys, I keep getting it wrong. Ladies, I keep getting it wrong. But I'll fight the fuck to defend you. But please accept my small (laughs) mistakes when I say things wrong. And they're like, well, that's okay. Yeah. Well, you know, but that's. I think a lot of people are worried about... Uh, saying that, you know, because some people will, will get upset with you for saying the wrong thing, again, yeah. on Twitter usually. Yeah. And so I think most people are like, well, I won't, you know, I don't want to say anything, or if I'm going to get attacked, I don't want to say yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it, but most people, it, it, it's just, you should be allowed to talk and debate. As about far as I'm things. concerned, I'm on the right side of history. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think you are. Let's ask an emergency question. Let's, uh, let's ask you, well, let's because I've just been to the Museum of Scotland, went there. There are some good things in the Museum of Scotland. There's some nice old medieval jewels and things like that in there as well. If, if all the art galleries and museums in the world got together, I don't think I've asked you this one before, um, and said, you can, we love your stuff and everything you've done, we're going to give you one thing, you can have one thing from any museum or art gallery for your, and you can keep it. Is there anything you would like from all the world's art galleries and museums? I think I would like the big elephant that was in Kelvin Grove Art Gallery that's got memories of being a child there. Who remembers going to the Kelvin Grove Art Gallery and seeing the big elephant? Anybody? Yeah, that's what I want. Was I want it a the skeleton big elephant. of an elephant? Or a, no, I think it was a, a big elephant thing. 
Was it a skeleton? Was it just was it a natural elephant? It I don't looked know like a big elephant that'd been taxidermied. Am I right? A taxidermied yeah. elephant. You could I probably could get a real elephant. And then I could actually say, every five minutes, let's address the elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> the elephant for Kelvin Grove is the okay, answer. Okay, good. I'm glad you've chosen that. Um, if you could uh, go into a chrysalis, mm-hmm. uh, like a caterpillar, and come yeah. out of that chrysalis as anything you wanted, and it could be anything, mm-hmm. and it could be you still, or it could be something completely different, what would you come out of the chrysalis as? Uh, George Clooney's jockstrap. <laughs> Good. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, this, this might be interesting. What toy did you always want for Christmas but never received? A chopper bike. Is it a chopper? Oh, I fucking really wanted a chopper bike. My mum's too poor. There was kids across the road had one, and I was insanely jealous of them. And um, I always wanted a chopper bike. And just last year, we went to this, because Honey's got a wee pram, because she can only walk two mile, and we walk six mile. So she's got a wee pram to push all the rest. And we had to get the tyres pumped up. And the guy had a chopper bike outside. And I sat on it, and I said to my husband, please buy me this. He's like, no, you're not getting a chopper bike. Yeah. You'll fall off it and die. I'm like, thanks. It would be a a look, you on a chopper bike. (sighs) A look that I would like to see, I have to say. I really want a chopper bike. You should only travel by chopper bike. But that's... Because a lot of the things, you know, are things that people you can now buy, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you could buy something. I could, but he's like, don't. You're nowhere to keep it. You're going to fall off it and bang into people. You're already spatially unaware, which I am. <laughs> and, uh, and I also, I think I always wanted, um, the other thing that I always wanted was Katie Copycat. It was a doll that if you drew, she drew. It was just that kind of okay. yeah, thing that you did like that, and she was copying you. Because I get quite a lot of lines at school, so she could have done them for me, you know. <laughs> I will not be cheeky to Miss Handyside, the PE teacher. <laughs> Who, by the way, spoke a lot with her eyes shut and irritated me. Okay. You know, the people that go, Jeannie Curry, <laughs> if I... And I'm like, ah, oh, every time. <laughs> I'm glad we can settle that score uh, yeah. a, few, a few decades on. Is she still with us? Do you know? Don't know. Yeah. Was she an older teacher or a younger teacher? She was older. Okay. She was lovely. What oh. a name, Miss Handyside. She was great. I loved her. She was fabulous, but she needed to speak more with her eyes open. Yeah. There were a lot of teachers on the handy side, I thought, but uh, there, we, there we go. Good to see. Um, uh, yeah, what do you think about the... Uh, I, know, I, I did see you talking about this but, uh, online, about the, uh, James Wiles saying the, uh, the, the fringe has, has got too left wing. <laughs> As you said, when, when... I mean, what we're going to do, bring Bregs at the musical. Yeah. You know? Do you have a harpoon in your garage? Would you like to see the coast with Farage? <laughs> uh, it's fucking hell. When was, when was the fringe right wing? And this is the thing is that I get a lot of shit for Scottish um, unionists going like, oh, the left wing comics are all shy. Get a right wing comic. Go do the circuit. We'll support you. Come on, come up, tell us. There's stories about shoving wings up chimneys and ha-ha, people can't get electricity. <laughs> yeah, come on, bring your right-wing shite out. We're up for it. Yeah. But, and I support the freedom of speech. I would be quite happy to see a right-wing Scottish comedian. It's not my fault they don't fucking exist. <laughs> and it's not that James Whale... Uh, when was the fringe ever not lefty? When was actors and performers and comedians and writers and authors, when were they ever like, mm, yeah, Rwanda's a good idea? <laughs> I guess they were. I guess that in the, 
The TV comedians, I think, but they're never going to come to the fringe. Like, you know, I think some of those 70s TV people, I imagine some of the multi-millionaire yeah. current TV people are, are secretly quite right-wing and not necessarily... Yeah, maybe they are. Maybe they're like, oh, thank God we've got offshore banking. <laughs> but, you know, again, it's not their fault. It's the tax laws change the laws. Don't ask people to be moral about their tax. Fucking tax, fix the tax laws, fix everything. But the, this whole right-wing thing is like, everybody, I get it every single week. Lefty comedians, aren't they funny? Well, you know, 3,000 people are coming to their shows in some events, so shut the fuck up. And secondly, where's your right-wing comic bring? I'd love to see a Tory comic. Oh, I know what we should do for the homeless. We should put them in Union Jack sleeping bags. <laughs> and that would display Britain across the world. <laughs> And it, you, you know the fucker would wear red trousers, don't you? <laughs> I suppose there are, there are a few. I mean, they generally call them libertarians, call themselves libertarian, which is... Yeah, of course they do, which, which is, is the Scottish word for cunt. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a few... But, you know, it is... I think, I think you're right. I think the comedy community is very welcoming. I think yeah. that, that when there are right-wing, more right-wing comedians... It's not like people going, get no, out of here. we're like, go for it. Yeah. You know, if, if somebody comes out here and goes, we hate Nicola Sturgeon and we hate her and she dresses funny and she can't dance, I'm not going to say don't say that. I'm going to go say it more and see how the audience react. Yeah. Especially in Scotland, fucking knock yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> Two men in red trousers up the back going, hoorah! <laughs> Why do they always have red trousers? <laughs> I think women say to their husband, I'm going to take you to John Lewis, I'm going to buy you a pair of red trousers because I don't want another woman to touch your woolly. <laughs> I think women dress their men like that so they won't fuck about, do you know what I mean? It could be. And do you think, what do you think is going to happen with uh, Scottish independence, Jen? Do you, think, <sighs> do you think it's coming? I really... I, 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 you know, before I was like, I supported independence and I was all for it. And then I was like, oh, fuck, this is just such a long slog. And now I see the absolute fucking skip fire that is Westminster. And I know that every time Liz Truss or Rishi open their mouth, Scottish people who were no voters are like, mm, you know what? <laughs> Maybe it's time. <laughs> so I think that the Tory government has done everything to support independence that they possibly can do yeah. by default. So I'm hoping it does, because this is such a fucking mess. This is just a mess. Other countries must be looking at us going, what the hell is going on there? And him, we, I, I never had parties. Well, I did have parties. Well, I'm sorry about the parties. Well, I'm not sorry about that. Just fucking just go. And Nadine Dorries, I mean, honest to God, I know I talk shite, but I'm not a politician. The shite she talks... And the way she looks at him, like, you can see that he's, you know, like Boris is given his bit in Parliament. And she's like, you are on the morning side of the mountain. She's just staring at him in a creepy, you know, that auntie that gets drunk at weddings and tries to touch people. That's what she, I just, it's just such a fucking mess. I mean, the SNP have got their problems as well. They need to clean up their act as well. Every political party, root out your fucking sexual predators, root out the people that are making people uncomfortable, get them out of the party, get focused. I'm not saying the SNP is absolutely right in everything they do. There is a lot of problems with them as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're still no as, as crazy as that. Yeah. So we're trying to go for the least crazy is what people are doing now. They're not going for policies, they're just going for 
for people that would help you if there was a house fire. <laughs> if there was a house fire, I don't think Nadine Dorries would get me out. Yeah. Or Boris, you know. He'd point at the curtains and go, oh, flames! <laughs> I just, I saw the, the, you know, it becomes... It becomes difficult to think that anybody really decent would want to become a politician, but partly because I think... You know, the the brand is so weird anyway. But also, if you if you know that anything you might have said or done in the past will be brought, if you come up and try to uh, confront just the corruption and all that yeah. sort of stuff, you know that the papers would would dig up whatever yeah, yeah, truth yeah, yeah, or yeah. lie. And, and no, no, most normal people don't want to put themselves. You have to be sort of psychotic yeah. to want to. Have you read through. Nadine Doris's sex books? <laughs> I've seen bits. Jesus, she's never been fucked in her life. <laughs> That's not how sex works. It's like they Mills and Boone books, isn't it? Yeah. He came up behind her and stroked her back. Guy grabbed her daddies. <laughs> I like to translate Mills and Boone. She felt a tingle in her stomach. Oh, goosh. <laughs> His breath was hot. That fucker's been eating kebabs. <laughs> I think there's a whole show in that, actually. I think there is. Well, you know, you, you've all, you're always coming up with ideas. You've always got stuff. And, you know, you're a fan. You know, and you, I, I love how you, 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 you know, you're doing stuff online. You're doing books. Mm-hmm. You're doing stand-up. So you're hoping to do stand- another a, a tour next yeah, year? Yeah, we're going to do a tour next year. Ashley's going to come and support me if I'm still alive. And the, the tour's going to be called Not Dead Yet. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're going to go and try and do that. And I've got some more radio stuff coming up. And I want to write plays again. Like, during lockdown, I wrote the plays alone for the National um, Theatre of Scotland. And they were very, very successful. They were just four shorts, four or five minutes. Yeah. Um, Jack Loudon played my son. Um, Wee McFadden played my son's boyfriend. And Lindsay Smith played my sister. And Honey was in the videos as well. And they were hugely successful. So I wanted to do more. And it wasn't funny. It was quite bleak. Yeah. So I wanted to do more of that as well. Good. It's good. Are you, going to, are you going to write? I've written a book about uh, having cancer. It's called "Can I Have My Ball Back?" Look, there's a copy. That's yeah, that, fabulous, Richard. Um, I got... should write one saying, "Can I have my giblets back?" <laughs> or one saying, "I had to look up my fanny and I could see my lung." <laughs> you should write a book, though. Do you no, not think, my no? agent said to me, "You should write a book about cancer and stuff." But I, I, I don't want to. I, I, I kind of, as soon as the chemotherapy was over, I threw all the hospital letters out through all the because as soon as you get cancer they give you books and that now you have cancer and i'm like right that's getting flung out as soon as i leave the hospital i don't want to read about it because i don't i don't want to it's just my personal opinion so my husband threw everything out for me and and we just threw it all away and now i'm just on these parp inhibitors which are these new tablets that if you ever gave money to cancer research this is what they come up with and um and these parp inhibitors stop the cancer from help to stop the cancer for a time because every chance it's going to come back but the good news is is I did the BRCA test and Ashley doesn't have it you know it's not genetic so um, I just have to wait for the next round of fuck you Janie and see how that fight goes yeah but the good thing as well is that, that once you've been through something like this... Let me see your book. You can, you can have a copy if you want. I don't know if you want to read about no, someone having cancer. No, I don't want to cancer. read about it. I just, why is it just white in the back? Because it's just, that's just a test Oh, is that just test a test copy? copy? Okay. Yeah, it's, not, it's out in October, so it's just... Uh, oh, fabulous, Richard. Yeah. Good for you. Sometimes writing about it all can, you know, it, it can definitely 
kind of cleanse it you in a sense a and address bit. all the bits that, that fucked you up. I yeah. think so. It made me... It, I think it fucked me up more. Than, <laughs> I think because it made me think about it so much that it was... That, it was, that I think I hadn't thought about did you, it. Did you think about what songs they would play at your funeral? <laughs> I did. I, did yeah. think, I started imagining who my wife would be married to and who would be drinking my whiskey and stuff like oh. that. That's what I was... Ashley and I have got a brilliant joke from okay, our funeral. It's, you know how they have the flowers on the side of the coffin? Yeah. It's got to be hashtag cancelled. <laughs> and flowers. And then the other side, hashtag cunt. <laughs> and we've picked other songs as well. Yeah. Gone. No, no, we don't need to wait. Um, and Ashley says that when I die and at the funeral, you know how you have that wee pamphlet? They're going to have like 50% off Eusebi's Cafe. There's going to be vouchers on it. It's going to be sponsored by local businesses. You know, Good. it's a shame Jenny's dead, but you can get 20% off beer and the bull, Great Western Road. Um, it's a shame Jenny's dead, but there's 50% discount every second Sunday at Eusebi's for some pasta. <laughs> Two for one pizzas, I'm going to get them on it, she said. So, uh, yeah, she's got it all planned. You know, a comedian's funeral is a, is a wonderful thing, and it can be a, it can be a brilliant... I hope that yours... I, mean, I, I reckon you'll be coming to mine rather than me coming to yours. That's I don't my, that's know. I'm my, looking forward game. to having a really good, loud funeral. Yeah. And I, I headline it. I'm going to be doing a, a bit on it. And they fuckers headlining over me at my funeral. <laughs> and there's going to be a video and I'm going to be like 20 minutes of shite comedy just to make everybody suffer. <laughs> my worst ever jokes. <laughs> Here's another one. People look. Like, fuck, I'm glad she's dead, you know. <laughs> I think you're going to go on forever. They keep on, the, the good thing is they'll keep testing you and they'll be, they'll be mm-hmm. ahead of the curve. So it's... Oh, yeah. I, uh, tomorrow I get the phone call about the bloods they took on Friday. Yeah. And if my cancelled number's up, it's going to be quite difficult being on my own here dealing with that. But I have to face it. And then I've got the scan at the end of the month. And then they test me every month. Um, and they keep on top of it. But my cancer specialist says, you know, there's a lot of people survive it more than die with it. So fuck it. Let me worry about it, not you. Yeah. And I've had great... I mean, every single cancer specialist, that every single one's been really good. They've told me the, the honest truth about everything. So... Yeah. And they've always been like, and the worst thing is people keep saying, you know, you've got cancer, but you know, I could get hit by a bus. I don't know anybody that's been hit by a bus. <laughs> so I'm going to stop fucking saying you might die to take the dairy off of me, might die, and yeah. isn't he helpful? And also, you might get hit by a bus, Jamie. You've got as much chance of being hit, so you've got cancer and you could be hit by a bus. It's Absolutely. just worse. Made it a lot worse. I'm uh, loving my hair like this. <laughs> used to take me an hour to get out of the house. Now I'm like, shower like that, and it's great. People have said weird things to me, like, oh, we saw you on TV, you should wear a wig. I'm like, uh, you should shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> Why do you have an opinion on And I think it's important to photograph myself as well, because there's other people going through this, and they are pressured to wear wigs and look different. And I'm happy to go, fuck it, this is how I look. I survived cancer, I survived child abuse, I survived my mommy being murdered, I survived being cancelled, I survived cancer. Fucking let me wear my hair the way I want, okay? Yeah. And you know, I think it's good. I think what's good and what, what, I, felt, what I felt about cancer before I had cancer, mm. you know, I didn't think I'd ever get cancer. No one's had it in my family, and you know, it, it just, you yeah. make those assumptions. And you sort of think, oh, the minute someone gets cancer, that's it. They're dead. They're dead. Yeah. And it just, and it increasingly, you know, it, it might happen, but increasingly mm-hmm. that isn't the case. So it's great to people to see that you're out and you're up and you're, you've, you're yeah. back. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I'm walking six mile a day. I'm, yeah. I'm physically fit again, and um, I'm still arguing with people. And <laughs> I'm still. I did a. I did a show for Radio Four th- while I was in chemotherapy. Yeah. And I did it, and it, it became sh- comedy of the week. So I can, you know, still got it. Yeah. So. Fuck it. Nothing. Well, nothing's going to stop you, Jamie. And, and, and if you do die, I'm convinced you'll you. You must come to the funeral. I you will can, come to the funeral. You can read a bit of your book out at the <laughs> funeral. <laughs> I'll, try, Ashley, I'll have a table selling them at the. Yeah, uh, the, Ashley uh, has said that there will be merch at the funeral. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> Got to make the most of it. Are you going to see shows in Edinburgh? Is there anything you've seen yet? I'm going to see John Lloyd after this. Oh, great, yeah. Course, in the John. Newtown Theatre. Um, I haven't really seen much. Um, I'm kind of. Last night I got a bit tired and I had to go home and I couldn't get a taxi, so I got on a bus and I created my own wee show on the bus. <laughs> of course I did. Yeah. And uh, so I got a bus here as well because I'm just living out at Fountainbridge and I'm walking a lot, but it was a bit cold. So I don't know if I'm going to go and see much. I've been seeing all my comedy friends, but what's weird is a lot of them don't recognise me because of the glasses and the hair. Yeah. And it's really weird how people speak to you. And I was like, hey there. And they're like, oh, hello, because comedians are used to people saying hello. They're like, hello. I went, it's fucking me, Janie. They're like, oh, my God, Janie, Janie. Or the ones that go, oh. You make that owl noise. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, you can quit that fucking right now. How are you? I bet died, she died, Jenny died. That's how I am, she died, I'm just her corpse walking about. We're never going to get rid of you, Janie, I can tell you, I, I, I absolutely know it, and we wouldn't want to. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we give you a massive round of applause, the incredible Janie Godley. Thank you so much. We're here all week. Come and see us till next Sunday. We've got uh, Flo and Joan tomorrow. Thank you very much. See you. Goodbye. You have been listening to Rahulastapa from the Edinburgh Fringe with me, Richard Herring, and my fantastic guest, who I know you know who it was. I'm not going to tell you again. You're not stupid. Thank you to Scamp Regard for playing this music. I'm indebted to my technician and friend, Reese Thomas. I'm also indebted to Chris Evans, not that one, and to all the fantastic crew at the ballroom, at the assembly rooms, and everyone at the assembly rooms in Edinburgh. What a fantastic lot of people you are. Thanks for all your help. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFastTheStripe.com production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye. <laughs>